This is Tommy. This is Zach. This is Conrad. And you are now listening to Not Too Sweet, a podcast about bars by bartenders. On today's episode, we will be discussing the daiquiri, or daiquiri. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, what are you guys drinking? Zach. Well, uh, I'm drinking an aged rum daiquiri. Uh, just a classic Sasha spec with uh, Appleton Estate. And I actually already finished it while we were setting up for recording. So... Uh, <laughs> There's like the tiniest drop left, which I'm going to finish. Uh, Conrad. I am drinking a gin and soda. I'm having a uh, La Floridita. What is a La Floridita? Oh, it's the uh, daiquiri number four, um, which is basically just a uh, classic uh, daiquiri with a little bit of uh, maraschino. It was originally served as a frap, uh, so it's shaved ice. Um, but, uh, I did it with a blender. That makes sense. I, of course, knew that. I just wanted to say <laughs> the, the listeners knew. I was super pumped that we're doing daiquiris this week. And, uh, you know, I had just moved to New Mexico during the quarantine, which today was my last day after 14 days. So I've officially been here for two weeks and, uh, ha- haven't really got up to much, but Tommy, I heard you had a pretty amazing weekend. Oh yeah, um, I went to go see my my favorite uh, musical artist, um, the CEO of Goldman Sachs. Yeah, put together an incredible DJ set uh, in the Hamptons for the low, low price of thousands of dollars. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and I got to I got to drink a tequila made by the fuck Jerry uh, advertiser people. Uh, you remember the people behind that uh, Ja Rule music festival that uh, <laughs> right, did a quick right, right, plan? Right. Yeah, so those guys made a tequila. It's as good as the Ja Rule festival, um, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. There's some band called the Chainsmokers, um, which I totally know who they are, and I love their music. <laughs> yeah, uh, what, what's his name? David Solomon? Yes, that's right. David Solomon. Uh, DJ D Soul, I believe, is his name. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that is truly terrible. <laughs> I mean, oh you know, what can you say? He's a he's a polymath. He's he's great at finance and the beats as well. Well, let me tell you about uh, Fuck Jerry's Tequila, which is called Ha Ha, uh, J A J A. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Ja, 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 Ja Rule is behind this still. Oh, wow. That's a brilliant idea. That's true. Um, they have a, a Blanco, a Reposado, and an Añejo option available. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. So at their, at their next music festival, they will only sell their own brand as the liquor that you can buy there, I assume. That would make sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty I mean, smart. That's and also, like all the like all the best tequila. It's made by white people. You know. 
but that's also kind of presuming that the next festival is going to reach a, a certain stage that uh, the last one didn't. Uh, <laughs> Conrad, I know that you're, uh, you spent a lot of time in England, but this is America. It most certainly will happen again. Yes. And people, people like Tommy will go for the spectacle this time. Yeah. <laughs> They will incorporate. They will incorporate their failure into the sales pitch for the next one. Yeah. Well, let's get back on topic. Uh, off of what is exciting. A, what weekend. is our topic? Our topic is the daiquiri. Um, oh, like oh that's right. Oh, right. Yes. Um, I'm glad about that. Let's talk about the history of the daiquiri. So basically, the main source of information we have on the origins of the daiquiri comes from a 1935 letter from Robert Huntington Lyman Jr. to the New York Sun. Uh, Lyman was an American mining engineer serving as a comptroller of the Spanish American Mining Company. Uh, their large iron mines in the hills above Daiquiri, a small fishing port east of Santiago, Cuba, where uh, Bacardi is made or was made. Um, in 1897, during the war, uh, that we know as the Spanish-American War, but that Cubans know as the War of Independence, uh, Lyman was working at the aforementioned mine with its general manager, Jennings S. Cox Jr., uh, left with few things to drink because it was because of the war, it was very hard to access uh, spirits. Uh, but Bacardi, made in the nearing uh, Santiago, Lyman and Cox mixed the spirit with some sugar and lime which were plentiful items, uh, and cracked ice whenever they could get it. Uh, they named it the daiquiri, or so they say. It's possible the name daiquiri came from a bartender at the San Carlos Club after the drink had become popular at bars around Santiago, including the Anglo-American Club. Um, now, uh, the drink started to spread from there. In 1909, a couple naval medical officers visited and encountered Jennings Cox, who introduced them to his signature drink. They loved it and brought it back to the Army-Navy Club in Washington, D.C. From there, the daiquiri began to sweep the nation. Uh, notably, this is the first true classic cocktail invented outside of the United States. Um, once prohibition became the law of the land in the U.S., American tourists flocked to Cuba, which is a mere 90 miles away from the, from the Keys in Florida, to drink. Uh, drinks like the daiquiri, the mojito, and rum in general became more prominent in drinking culture. But my question is, is this really how the daiquiri was invented? No. <laughs> so I just want to point out that essentially the story you just told is the exact same story that you spent your weekend doing, right? It's like <laughs> a fucking rich dude who runs a company is like taking credit for an entire other culture's way of dealing with liquor. Yeah, I think that's totally right. I mean, we know that in the Caribbean, people were drinking rum with citrus and sugar before that. Um, in fact, we know that cocktails had been served in Havana as early as 1859. So they, by that point, already had a good 40 years of cocktail culture. Um, I find it hard to believe that nobody else had stumbled across that. I mean, I guess we can sort of credit them with the popularity of the drink in the U.S. and I guess outside of Cuba. 
and that they sort of transmitted the uh, the drink, you know, abroad. But I I don't want to believe any uh, any kind of story that involves a comptroller as a key protagonist. <laughs> like that's not a thing that I. I... I agree. Like, no, <laughs> just, just no. <laughs> and and sorry if I offended you to all the many controllers that are listening to that. Well, this is actually that, that's our bread and butter. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm cutting that out. Controllers are a major audience. They're pretty much yeah. who we're pinpointing here with this. Well, I, I will say this: if you're a controller that makes you a drink, doing 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 okay, uh, and that's possibly the only way you will have sex. <laughs> Um, you know, it's also, there's also sort of been a history of, um, Cuban drinks being attributed to, uh, Americans, uh, like the El Presidente, um, which was created by a cantinero, which is the uh, sort of Cuban word for a bartender. Um, but for a long time was attributed to Eddie Wolf, uh, an American. Um, so I don't know. I think this might be a case of that. Who knows? Let's break down for the listeners uh, our sort of do's and don'ts uh, when making a daiquiri. Let's start with, you know, let's go through each component part. Um, obviously, the ingredient in the greatest amount in the drink is the rum. Uh, what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to rum for a daiquiri? Havana Club. It's a wonderful rum for a daiquiri. It's, it's a fantastic rum for a daiquiri. Um, you can say Florida Kenya. We- Definitely all had a boss who loved Florida Kenya uh, daiquiris. Um, but I guess for me, just have fun. Uh, split it, split the base any way you want. But for a classic daiquiri, go as as kind of dry, bone dry as you can get. Yeah. I also, I think Denizen makes a nice rum for a daiquiri yeah. as well. Denison, I like across the board, actually. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a big fan of their products. Yeah. Banana Club is my first option, but Florida Ganya, Denison. Kenya Brava. Kenya Brava. Conrad, like you were saying, uh, feel free to like play around with it with different rums. I, I, I love I love agricole, agricole daiquiris. I'm also exactly. a hu- huge fan of cachaça <laughs> daiquiris, too. Yeah, I love to add a little agricole to the blend or even do a full agricole, like you were saying. All that stuff is awesome. Daiquiri is a great way to showcase a rum. Yes. So if it's a bad rum, you're going to showcase how bad it is. Yeah. What about a nice uh, Rico Bay uh, daiquiri? Uh, I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's not good. (laughs) It's not good. It's funny because I was going to say... stay away from flavored rums but then i realized one of my favorites is to split with plantation pineapple so i guess know your flavored rums stay away from a malibu daiquiri i think that that's kind of the exception to the rule because i think that that particular rum is fantastic uh in general i'm not a big fan of flavored anything the next component part set uh of a daiquiri is lime juice um, what are some of your sort of do's and don'ts with lime juice? So in general, I'm a fan of doing all your juice on like an electric juicer as fast as you can, being ready for your shift. However, I think especially for a daiquiri, it's really nice to have like hand squeezed or like pressed lime yeah. juice because you express so much more of the oils into the juice. 
which I just think is a, it, it adds a really nice kind of mouthfeel to the daiquiri itself. Um, but obviously fresh lime juice is a key component. Fresh or close enough? Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna sit there and say that you need to, to freshly squeeze for every drink. No, I, no, no, I agree. Um, as long as it's been, <laughs> as long as it's within a, I don't know, 12 hours, is it? Six to 12 is? Yeah, I think uh, Dave Arnold um, did some like experiments on this where he had people taste lime juice of different amounts of time. And I think surprisingly, the four to 10 hour rated the highest. Um, I Was that in Liquid Intelligence? Because I remember reading yeah. this. And I also remember reading that that is very much true in America, but not necessarily in Europe. Uh, oh, interesting. I'd, I'd say in, in places where, that don't necessarily go through the same uh, volume of lime juice, they tend to, to squeeze fresh, and that's what people would be most used to. That totally makes sense. Um, or yeah. at least that was the logic in um, <clears throat> liquid intelligence, and that yeah. came out a while ago, and console culture has changed a little bit since then. But the, the logic is, is relatively sound. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, and for people who don't believe us, just Squeeze a lime when you get home, because obviously you're listening to podcasts at work. I don't know. <laughs> you're probably already home, I guess. But uh, yeah, just squeeze some. Leave it in your fridge for two days, and then try it next to fresh squeezed lime juice two days later. Yeah. It's a completely different kind of sour and kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, fresh fresh squeezed citrus also has an incredible sweetness to it uh which you yeah. which you lose when it when it goes it's just bitter bitter yeah yeah i actually start while we're on juice what what kind of limes would they have had in 1859 that they were key cocktails lime. key limes yeah it would have been key limes it would have been key lime yeah so they were probably using Actually, a little bit, from what I've read, they were actually using a little bit less lime juice, despite the fact, um, and a little bit more sugar, I think, despite the fact that key limes are a little bit sweeter. Mm. Um, but for some reason, the actual, like, aroma, the aromatics come off as sweet, whereas the actual contents of it aren't. Uh, kind of like a, like a bone-dry Riesling or something like that, where some people might think it's sweet just from the aromatics, but like the actual flavor isn't sweet. Sorry, this is a total non sequitur, but my partner just handed me a daiquiri and oh. it, it really feels like a win when your partner can make <laughs> you a, a beautiful cocktail. Yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's like a nice, nice level, like frothy head across the top of the daiquiri. Don'ts on the lime juice. Uh, as we've said, don't use spoiled lime juice. And as always, do not use sour mix. This uh, stuff just, is disgusting. Just don't do that ever for anything. No, it's not that hard. Just squeeze the lime juice. It's okay. Okay, I have one exception to that rule. Oh. You're at a weekend away with a bunch of people who don't know the difference. So you at a DJ Diesel concert in the Hamptons, huh? You have 
10 limes or so for the whole weekend. You're upstate, probably not going to get more limes, but you got a bunch of sour mix. Everybody knows you're the bartender. You use a sour mix for everybody else and make yourself the good daiquiris. Yes, and whatever person you fancy at that uh, <laughs> event, yeah. Wow, Corona's been hard on you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done that anyway, you, you know. Just saying, not, not that that situation has ever happened to me, but <laughs> I do feel like if you're a bartender and people buy you sour mix, those people deserve to drink the sour mix and you get yes. to drink the good stuff. Yeah, so if, if you're with your uh, finance friends and you're uh, renting a house in Hudson for the weekend, um, make them the decorate with a sour mix and make, make sure your drink is good. Yeah, go for it. And, and Diesel just happens to roll through. What did he yeah. spin? What did he spin? Like, Oh, uh, when we had our conversation about it, some of the beats are going to be playing underneath. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm really going into the production on this one. I mean, you know, for DJ Diesel. Um, uh, actually, one of the, I think one of the parts of the daiquiri on which there is perhaps the most debate or at least the most options is in the syrup. Yeah. Um, or the sugar, because it need not necessarily be a syrup. Uh, where do you land on the straight up sugar versus syrup debate? Um, in regards to daiquiri, I can't remember the last time I had uh, a straight up sugar daiquiri, or actually a daiquiri. It's been months at this point. Uh, my home bar is not as well equipped as uh, others, but um, I would I would say it kind of depends on what kind of texture you're looking for. What about you? What what, would, what do you think you would land on? I think I'd probably still opt for the syrup, but um, I actually, I also hadn't had daiquiris with like straight up sugar until, uh, or I hadn't had them in a while until just recently I was like, oh, screw it, let's like try one of those again. It was great. I yeah. absolutely had no problem with it. It was delicious. Um, and I think I'm that is generally how it's made in Cuba, uh, as far as I know. I also feel like that should be um, should be what I do. I, I'm a bar soap, not a uh, a body wash kind of a man. So that's <laughs> that should be my choice. Uh, I'm gonna say if I was gonna make it, I'd much prefer not to use uh, <laughs> uh, sugar. <laughs> I, I feel like the possibility of making a mess is much higher. Yeah. How much sugar did you add? So I used uh, one tablespoon of uh, white granulated sugar. What did that do in terms of volume? Did it give uh, you like a significantly shorter drink? It was definitely a shorter drink, yes. I feel like that would be hard to do in bars because people would feel like they're getting chipped in some way because it's coming up so short on their glass. Yeah, that's true. Unless you sort of like had that in mind before and you sort of like got the perfect glass or whatever, but right. um, it also adds like the extra step of you put the sugar in the uh in the tin and then add the lime juice and then sort of stir it to sort of integrate yeah, yeah. that makes sense I, I mean i could see that being good but i don't really know why you would necessarily need to do that i i tend to when it comes to sugar i tend to kind of think of it going back to just talking about 
it's a drink to showcase the rum. Like if you have a really nice cut of meat, like why are you using some like Pinot Noir salt or whatever when you're salting the meat? Like, <laughs> like you want to use that to kind of like experiment with things. But if you're already using a product that you know is like really delicious, like just a nice clean sweetener is, is great. I do think cane syrup works really well in certain daiquiri builds, but in general, I would say you're just fine with a normal simple syrup. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think I, my preference is the cane, especially if I'm doing what I often do in adding a little bit of rum agricole to the totally. drink. I think, yeah, those two go really well together, but either way, I think it's gonna be great. Yeah. Also, like for the home bartender, just make simple syrup and have it. Like, it's super easy to make. It lasts for a good amount of time in your refrigerator, and you don't want to have to spend that extra step of stirring your lime juice with your sugar. For sure. I also, use it for tea. <laughs> I use yeah, simple well, syrup for tea. Or like coffee. Brew. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? My big uh, don't here. Um, that I remember I made this mistake like years ago when I first started home bartending was I used powdered sugar to make the uh, simple syrup and uh, not great. It comes out very cloudy. Well, Use were you granulated making cupcakes sugar. before? Like what did you have? What was powdered <laughs> sugar for? I, I don't know. It's also funny because like some of the older cocktail books do call for powdered sugar and, and like yeah. shaken drinks. Yeah, maybe if you add it on its own, it doesn't become as cloudy. I'm not sure. But mm. in the simple syrup, I don't know. At least at first, it starts off quite cloudy. Um, so as I, was, as I was, we were talking about this, we haven't talked about uh, Demerara. We haven't yeah. yet. And I was trying to think of like when and if I'd made a daiquiri with Demerara. I'm sure I have. I guarantee you I have, I just, I can't, I'm sure I've probably made it with every kind of sweetener known to man at, at right. some stage. I discounted that idea, so maybe uh, that's, there's a reason behind that. So I know Latitude 29 uh, actually uses a uh, white sugar and demerara sugar blend um, for their daiquiri. Um, and I think they, they do the straight sugar, not a syrup. Um, so they add a little demerara, but I don't know if I've, I feel like demerara syrup might be on its own too rich. Yeah, I, I can agree more. So I think the biggest debate surrounding the daiquiri has to do with ratios, right? There is the, uh, the Sasha Petrasky school versus the Audrey Saunders school. That sort of, I don't know if that's too reductive, but um the one ounce of lime juice to three quarters ounce simple syrup versus the three quarters ounce lime juice three quarters ounce simple syrup debate uh where do you guys land on that that's a tough one because i think i'm i'm a mets and a yankees fan <laughs> there there i think i think it really does actually come down to sometimes the rums that you're using not even in not even in terms of like aged versus not aged or how much age it has on it. Like I've had both that I thought were just the best accurate I've ever had. I I don't think you can get me to go definitively one way or the other either. I uh 
I feel like it could be, it could go down to, to mood. It could go down to what else I'm doing when I'm, I might want a little more acidity if I'm eating charcuterie. Like, I don't know. It goes down to, to I could easily go with both. Um, and I have done, and sometimes I'll, I'll make one, then the other, then the first one again. I, yeah. it, it depends on, depends on how dry a, a rum we're going with. Because that'll definitely uh, change the equation a little bit. Yeah. I think in general, I just go for the two, one, three quarter. I think I did too. Because, you know, like moving across, for a lot of my career, I've worked at multiple places at the same time. So that's just a way to like streamline everything. It's a perfectly fine spec. Also, insider information, like you end up throwing away a lot of juice at the end of the night. So why not like, why yeah. not use it if you have it? Blow through it, don't, don't throw it away. Um, that, that being said, on a heavy lime juice night, I might switch to the three-quarter, three-quarter <laughs> just to make sure we get through the night. Like you guys, I've, I've had both, and I've loved daiquiris made in both styles. Um, I think I probably personally land a little bit more on the one three-quarters um, just because I prefer a little bit more acidity, but it's hard to say that a three-quarter, three-quarter daiquiri is anything less than excellent, right? I was just going to say, I think outside of cocktail nerds, the big debate around a daiquiri is whether or not it's a blended drink. I remember actually, uh, I went to go visit a friend at a certain city in the country, and they took me to this spot because they really liked it for cocktails. And I will say they had some great drinks on the list. But I'd like just gotten off the plane. It was July. The whole flight, I was like, I'm going to order a daiquiri, like first thing when I get to this spot. We sit down, ask for a daiquiri. And the server is like, uh, really? I was like, yeah. I just got off the plane. It's really hot. It sounds delicious. She was like, well, let me go talk to the bartender. And then I see her like talking to the bartender and she comes back and she's like, yeah, we don't make blended drinks here. I was like, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't ask for a blended daiquiri and she kind of just looked at me blankly and I was like, all right. And I just ordered a drink off the list, but I was like, wow, this is a place that they've got like a Toronto on their list and like, some drinks that like don't just randomly land on a list. Like it seems weird to me that this, that this would be considered a blended only cocktail. Did you uh, then ask them for a gimlet with rum, which is what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it was a cross country flight. So I'd only been on the plane for, uh, well, I'd been traveling for like 10 hours. My brain wasn't functioning at full capacity. <laughs> That being said, there are some really good blended daiquiris. Yeah. Uh, I was just having one. If I had to say the essential daiquiri for me is shaken, and more often than not, I will prefer a shaken daiquiri. But a really well-made blended daiquiri, I think, uh, can be great. I agree. A well-made, any blended drink is delicious. Yeah. It's It's well-made. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's the rub. Yeah. Um... 
we didn't we didn't actually explicitly say this, but if you're making a cane syrup daiquiri, we I think we all agree that you would want to use a half an ounce of cane syrup rather than three quarter. Yeah. Yeah, especially since it'll probably be it's a rich cane syrup, so that means two uh, parts sugar to one part water. Yeah. For a blended daiquiri, is there something that you do differently? Like, are your ratios a little bit different? when you're gonna blend as opposed to shake? My thing when it comes to blended, making blended drinks is, so much of it depends on the ice that you have. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think at home, I would definitely probably try two or three versions to see how, or if I'm doing it at like a friend's house or something, to see how I like it with the, the ice, the way it crushes, all of that. If I have a place that, has pebbled ice i think i would probably stick with the same and i would throw in like half pebble ice and half regular ice or do like like a small scoop of hoshizaki blend it then add a little bit of pebbled ice and blend it for like one second and then pour and go that makes but, sense at to me. but at home you've got those like weird like rectangular ones usually you have to blend those for longer, which then means your drink's gonna be a little more watery. So I might up the ratio a little bit more per drink. Yeah, I think I've found that often when blending a drink, I might have to add a little bit more sugar than the shake and spec. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think you can usually, I mean, you know, experiment at home, but you can usually work off that basic uh, shake and spec. Yeah, I mean, adding a little bit of sugar for frozen drinks is, is always a good call. The extreme temperature means you won't get, not really going to taste it as aggressively as you would have done anyway. Garnishes. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I mean, this is a little bit hypocritical of me if I can say that I like both three quarters lime and a full ounce of lime. But daiquiris need to be dialed in so well that literally a lime wedge, if someone decides to squeeze that into their drink. It'll change the whole drink. Could change the whole drink. I am, if, if it's tiki night somewhere or you're working at a tiki bar and you throw a flower in there, I'm fine with that. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of garnishes for the sake of garnishing. Uh, it has to, to do something for me. Otherwise, what's the point? I also think it looks pretty elegant without them. I well, agree. I don't think the garnish adds enough either, like adds enough aesthetically to be no. worth the risk of someone uh, squeezing it into the drink and sort of throwing it off balance. Um, not to mention the fact that a personal pet peeve is like when someone gives you like a nasty old lime uh, wedge on your drink. Ugh. Yeah. It's all slimy or brown. Or both. Yeah. What but I mean? also think, I mean, I, I do actually think we'll probably do an episode about garnishes in general at some point, but when you go to a nicer restaurant, they don't just throw salt and pepper on the table. And there's a reason <laughs> right. for that. It's because the chef is like considered the balance of everything to a minuscule degree. And that's why you're there. So yeah. I, to me, it feels like, especially with a drink like the daiquiri, like 
your bartender, like if you're there and you're paying, you know, depending on where you are in the country, upwards of $14 for your daiquiri, like the bartender better damn well have considered exactly how they're making it down to a quarter of an ounce of lime juice. When I, I think when we all say like three quarter, three quarter, two is is as good as two, one, three quarter, we're not saying like, oh, rum has nothing to do with it. Like we do consider the rum that we're using. It's just and, that sometimes the bars that you work at, the rums change. Right. And the lime juice as well, right? Like how sweet, how bitter is the lime juice? Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's also, I mean, if you're squeezing a lime over the top, like it's not integrated into the drink, right? Right. You're just going to get a it's hint also, of lime juice. It's also a different temperature. Yeah. Also, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's the truth, like down to the simple syrup. Sometimes people are not very precise in how they make their simple mm -hmm. syrup, depending on if you have bar backs or you're making it yourself. And that can also affect how much you need or don't need. Okay, guys, so your ideal daiquiri spec. Um, Conrad, what's your ideal daiquiri spec? Probably two on three quarter with a tiny bit of saline. That okay. would be, that would be for me, I'd want a little salinity in there. Uh, what rum are you using? Havana Club. If you don't have Havana Club. <laughs> uh, probably for the Cabernet. Zach? Okay. For me, then it, I think it would actually be, if I didn't have Havana Club, it would probably be Denizen, two, uh, three quarters, simple, one line. My ideal daiquiri spec is, uh, like both of you guys, obviously, Havana Club, if you have the option. Um, if not, I would use Flo de Gagne, and I would go to uh, one lime juice and a uh, half ounce cane syrup. Um, it's probably my, rich cane syrup is probably my, my favorite. Okay, guys, that's it for our episode on the classic daiquiri. Uh, but don't worry, this is part of a multi-part series on the daiquiri. Uh, we're going to have some episodes coming out about classic daiquiri variations, like the Hemingway daiquiri, uh, some more modern takes on the daiquiri as well. Um, you can find some of those episodes will be posted on our main feed uh, that is available on uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, whatever your podcast player of choice is. Um, but some of the episodes will be behind our Patreon uh, paywall. So please go uh, and sign up for our Patreon. Uh, it'll help us uh, make some investments in the podcast, get some better microphones, uh, maybe even some professional editing. Uh, so uh, your, uh, your trusty host doesn't have to do all of it. Um, but yeah, please check us out, patreon.com slash not too sweet. Check out our Twitter account, our Instagram. Uh, we'll be posting on there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and see you soon. Salud.
Para que 